Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Thank you very much for agreeing to take part in this podcast at such short notice. Thank you. It's all right. I'm not a minute. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much to do right now, is there? No, there's not much to do at the minute. It's obviously still been training a little bit um, most days, but apart from that, mate, there's not really much I can do. <laughs> so you are you in Swindon or are you elsewhere? No, no, I come back home. Um, in my, uh, I was coming to mum and dad's house. Um, they didn't really want me to be on my own in my house in Swindon, so we said, "Oh, why don't you just just come back?" And I was like, "All right then." That's all it's right. Yeah. Getting mum time cooking, serving me, having to cook every day, fend for myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, we'll talk about lockdown in just a moment, but you know, congratulations because you're part of a League Two winning team, which has been announced in the last 24 hours at time of recording. How's it feel? Oh, it's been mad. To be fair, it's um, it's. So I, to be fair, when when we first um, kind of come into the season um, and where the players, um, I think actually to be fair, I think I did say it um, right at the start. I done um, an interview before the season even started. I think it was before the Scunthorpe game. I said I think this team does have um, everything to to win the league, and it's just mad that we have it's just such a good group of lads, and everyone's worked so hard to to win games and train hard and push each other on and it's like it feels good that we've got the uh, rewards for everything that we put in absolutely and we'll talk about that in a bit more detail later but we'll start right at the beginning and this is i don't know if this is a, a bit of a miserable moment for me because i think you're the first person that i've talked to um doing this podcast that was born after i left school so <laughs> this and i'm i'm not old um, in any way, but my God, that that stat makes me feel a little bit okay. So, when you were younger, who did you support, and who were your childhood football heroes? Oh, it's going to sound a bit funny. I'm a, I'm a Forest fan, not in Forest. Um, nice. Yeah, so obviously my dad was my dad was a Forest fan when he was growing up. When he was around my sort of age, a bit younger, like twelve, thirteen, they'd definitely just done the double. Um, the back-to-back Champions League or whatever it was called back then. So a big team at the time and he kind of just kind of just grew up him supporting them. So I've just kind of followed his footsteps. Um, but when I was younger, obviously I didn't, obviously I didn't know what position I really wanted to play. So I um, always loved Ronaldinho. He was probably like 
the one I'd watch and go, oh, wow, like, what he could do with a football is mental, like, mental. He could, like, he just, like, he had, like, he was, like, glued to him almost. But looking away from, like, the big players, um, my idol growing up at Forest was uh, Robert Earnshaw. Nice. Yeah, he yeah. Um, just absolute goal machine. I just fell in love every time I went to go watch him play. I just, I, know, I just used to love him, him and Dexter Blackstock up front. It was a, such a good partnership. Yeah, Robert Earnshaw, known for scoring all those hat tricks um, yeah. in every in every level and every cup competition and things like that. Absolutely prolific. I love yeah, the yeah. fact that you're a Nottingham Forest fan. Um, have you told <laughs> Michael Doughty? Uh, I think he knows. Yeah, I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to bring it up to him and start fanboying, so I didn't really say too much. But I think he, I think he knows that I'm a Forest fan. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, of course they won those uh, back-to-back European Cups, as you mentioned. But if you're going to glory support a team, Nottingham Forest is probably one of the most unfortunate ones. So <laughs> I feel sorry for your dad. Oh, I know, though I know. But to be fair, though, they're um, they're doing well. Obviously, if the championship gets up and running. They're uh, looking like they're going to be in the playoffs, so hopefully, might see them in the prem next year. Who knows? Whenever that may be. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> I mean, Genio was was so good. I saw him live nearer to the end of his Barcelona career, and it was it was uh, Barcelona five, Levante one. Um, Messi when he when he only scored about ten goals that season before he went crazy. But Ronaldinho was really funny because you know I think he must have tried twenty thirty clever things and only one was successful. But my God, when he did that one, it was amazing, magical. And I, I don't know, I just even now like I'll be like scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and I'll see a video of him pop up and it'll just be like a ten minute video of him when he was at Brazil or Barcelona or when he went to AC Milan. Some of the things he'd done, you just, that type of stuff makes you fall in love with football, really, doesn't it? it well, yes, uh, it really, really does. So what was your, well, what are your early memories of playing football as a kid? You said that earlier that you didn't really have a position. So what, what are your memories of playing football for the first time and then joining the junior teams? Yeah, I think I must have started kicking a ball when I was about one and a half, two. Um, and then my dad took me over to um, like a local team um, called Tigers. And I went over there and I was only about, I must have been about three. There weren't games or nothing. It was just a bit of training on a Saturday, um, just running around, headless chickens, sticking a ball around. But I just loved it. And I stayed there until I was about 12, 11, 12. And then I joined Dagnum Redbridge. But yeah, I was there for for ages. I used to just love it. I, I played, to be honest with you, I played, I think I played every position on the pitch before I found centre back. I kind of <laughs> started up front and slowly made my way back, back and back. And then I kind of got to centre half and was like, well, there's nowhere else to go now. So <laughs> it blows my mind how similar everybody's story is. Everyone starts up front and finds their way back until they stop it centre-back or goalkeeper I was the same I started up centre-forward I don't even think I got to midfield I think I went straight to centre-back in fairness but it, it fit for me um so that's a uh, Rob Hunt country then as well then Dagenham yeah yeah I am um, I live about 20 minutes from Rob I'm actually going to go see it me and Jerry going to go see him on Friday um yeah he literally lives around the corner he's um he ain't too far um yeah, like sometimes we get a little lifting together. 
Um, if we're both down there, we've got to go up for training um, early doors. We've gone up a couple of times together, but Jerry and Rob, they're, um, they're probably my two closest mates yeah. at that football. They're around my house, well, were around my house during the season all the time. Well, brace yourself, Dagenham. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the three amigos are around. Oh, we're we're going to start rolling around, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing's open, so... <laughs> oh, there's nothing to do, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so, Tigers to Dagenham and Redbridge. So, were there, were there any other teams interested in you when you, were, when you were at the level where you're sort of getting scouted around, or was it straight to Dagenham? Uh, yeah, so I, was, so I was playing right back at the time um, for Tigers... And I went to Leighton Orient and I must have been there for about six months, not signed. I was just on trial for ages and they kept going to me, you're going to get signed, you're going to get signed. And I think it was Tottenham released a load of players my age. Um, and the Orient team that I was at, I think like for an under-11s team, they had like 20-odd players. So they were having a massive cut and trying to bring some of the Tottenham boys in. So I've been sitting told like, oh, like might want to sign, might want to sign you. I done quite well when I was there, um, and then they just said, look, like we want to sign you, but there's a load of there's a load of like boys coming down from big clubs that have been released, sort of the same kind of age, like where the contracts are up, um, or where they start handing out contracts. So they said that um, we're not going to give you nothing, and I was a bit disheartened and whatnot as you are. Um, I remember going to a West Ham game. My dad got a, a phone call. And he said, oh, um, Dagnum Redbridge want you to come and train. I remember being at the time going, oh, I don't know, like, I might just go back and play Sunday League for a little bit. And he was like, no, no, we'll take you over there and we'll see what it's about. Yeah. And I went over there and I was only there for about three weeks and, and I got signed. Um, and then from there, I was at Dagnum until pretty much a scholar. And so, so was that when you were 12, 13, did you say? Yeah, twelve about eleven, twelve. I was, so I when you were eleven or twelve, you were at Dagenham Redbridge, and you know, at, around that time, their League Two team. Um, yeah, they were up until until my last year, they offered me a scholar that year in under sixteens. Um, they were getting relegated. They were quite heavily down there. Yeah, and then I went to obviously went to Southend from there. Um, but yeah, they were they were League Two, and the whole time I was there. Yeah, and they even had one year in, in League One, I seem to remember. They won the playoffs, like, at the start of the 2010s. And, you know... Yeah, for... they? yeah they, they were doing... They were flying, to be fair. It was a good little club. It was such a... Like a, like a family-orientated club. Like a little small, small like, feel to it. It was, it was nice. It was a good club to be at. Especially in, like, the, the early stages of my career, like, developing and stuff. It was, um, it was a good club to be at. What are your memories of, of, of developing as a footballer then at Dagenham Redbridge? Because, I mean, like you say, it's a family club. You know, they don't have the finances. It was clear when they dropped out of the Football League that they wouldn't be back anytime soon because they hadn't didn't have the financial sort of weight to sort of push back in. Um, what, was the, what was the training like and what was the coaching standard like with Dagenham and Redbridge? It was, at, it was, it was very good. I had these two coaches there that... Um... That I won't forget them. I still sometimes see them. I think they're at West Ham now. Um, they're coaches at West Ham. Oh, his name's on top of me. I can't think they're called. Um, but they um, they really helped me. Um, they really helped me. Um, from when I first went there, wasn't the best, to be honest. Like, nowhere near top five, top ten players in my age group. Um, they, um, 
but when they, they kind of took me in, showed me where to play, they were the ones that moved me from right back to centre back, um, actually. And I I remember just in just enjoying it. They they made football fun. They weren't like one of them coaches that that at a young age would like, you've got to do this if you don't like obviously winning was a big thing, but it was they were like, it's all right to make mistakes and they were the ones that kind of push me to try things to to make mistakes to then learn from them um, and get better so they they helped me and even after them when they left um I had a couple other coaches um under 15s and under 16s and they were both they were both really good coaches as well um they had a good little setup you football interests me in the sense that I always wonder what the mentality is of footballers at this stage because personally I think you know results really don't matter it's about development and 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 that side of things but you as a player are you like no I want to win as many games as as you can or do you just focus on doing the best that you can do so either you can break into Dagenham and Redbridge's side or you know move on to another club if if they've got scouts watching yeah of course you always you always want to win games and and play your best um I just think at, at that sort of age I don't think it really matters. I think when you get to under 15, 16s, then you kind of need to start learning that three points is is key because obviously when you go into youth team, you have your youth leagues um, and that's all about winning games. You've got your FA Youth Cup, which you want to do well in. And then obviously when you push on to the first team, you need to have that mentality of like, uh, we need to go out here and play as well as we can and get three points because... It's not just about playing anymore. Um, so I think under 15, 16 is when, when it's t- probably 15 is the best time to start pushing the um, the mentality of going out to win games, but to still progress as a player. There's a fine, there's a very fine line, um, which I think they they got well. They they kind of they kind of um, what's the word like showed you that that yeah okay you need to win, but at the same time you're not. not a first team player yet you're not at scholar level yet it's still about developing to to get there did any of your teammates make it or have they if they are they still around sort of the national league or or, or football league or are they all further down the uh, pyramid now from dagnum um i have a mate who plays for watford jamal um he went from dagnum to redden uh, Dunny's scholar at Reading. I think he might have got a pro there, and then moved on to Watford. So he's still um, he's still playing. But off the top of my head, I don't think there's anyone else from when I was younger that is playing now. No, obviously scholar. I've got a few mates, but we'll probably move on to that. But from Dagnum times, I, I think them just one. I think it's ruthless, isn't it? Oh, so ruthless. Yeah, there were some good players, but obviously when you're 14, 15, you can be the best player your age group. You might move on to 16 scholar and I don't know, just I've had a couple mates that were unbelievable when they were younger and as they got older, they just kind of fizzled out. So let's move on to Southend then. So you're doing all right at Dagenham and Redbridge, but they are dropping into the National League. They want you to stay, but Southend come in for you. Again, were there anyone else interested or was it just Southend? Uh, I don't really know too much to be fair. I didn't really... Obviously, then I weren't really too, what's the word, focused on what clubs might be interesting and stuff. I kind of left that down to my dad and and the coaches at the time um, that were dealing with it. But Southend was the best option. They offered, Dagnum offered me an early scholar, but um, 
they said like you don't have to sign it like if you want to move on we understand so i moved obviously i went uh to south end for a little trial um they offered me a scholar and then i signed it there and then pretty much but i don't really know too much about other clubs um that might have been interested i think just the ones that obviously might have been south end was the best option I love the fact that Dagenham and Redbridge were like, yeah, we got a contract for you, but, you know, if you don't want to sign it, we'll understand. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was, I think they knew it was the best thing, best thing at the time. Um, I just got a couple of things I can't really go into, but it was, it was, it was the best option to, sure. to move on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Southend then, Londoners love going down to, to Southend, don't they? So it's, it's a traditional, uh, <laughs> weekend away isn't it so a little place <laughs> so i mean this is ricky duncan isn't it this is yeah ricky yeah this, this is the guy who, who's looking after the youth team at south end what, what were your experiences of moving down there i loved it to be honest i had a great time down there made some lifelong friends like i i enjoyed it very much i um went down there to sign my scholar at the same time a lad that I used to play with at Sunday League had just signed a scholar there. Oh, wow. um, he, uh, so we kind of knew each other, um, trained a bit together, played a few games. Come to the following season where we um, was going in as scholars and we both decided that we do digs together. Um, and now he's he's one of my best mates, um, Harry. He, um, he, uh, we we had a good time. We had, had little digs with a lady. Um, she had two kids. One of her kids was at uni. So me and him moved into one of the rooms. And now uh, we had a great time. I had a really good time. I've um, made some unreal friends there. Um, but a lot of them are still playing. Um, obviously, Nathan Bishop just went to Man United. Um, good friends with him. Um, Drew's at um, Brentford. We're good mates with Drew. Um, Elvis, who's at Southend. Uh, there's a lot of them that are still there. Um yeah, we had we had a good little youth team. It was it was good time. I wish I had a friend called Elvis. <laughs> He's a great lad as well. <laughs> uh, what I wouldn't give to that. So, what sort of opposition are we talking in in under eighteens? Are we is that is that like Barnet and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we had we had two leagues. We had the first league, which was more um, like clubs our way, nothing really out of that hour radio. So, like Gillingham's Barnet. MK Dons, um, teams like that, um, played all them. And then the top half of this, I can't remember what they called it, the top half of one group and the top half of another group, like Exeter, Swindon, teams like that, Plymouth, um, more teams down south, they will merge into one league and you play each other once and it kind of gets drawn out of a hat whether you're home or away. And if you win that, then, then like it's quite a big thing. And, uh, I think we was like we 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 won that we'd won it or we we placed the highest they'd placed in a long time in like the the top league, so we had a good team. So yeah, they're the sort of teams we played, um, but you kind of get to know everyone. Um, obviously, I don't know if you watched Love Island or not, but that uh, Finn that won it, he was the same uh, as year above me. So I played him many times when he was at MK Dons. Um, you kind of just get to to know people through playing them when you speak to when you're playing and whatnot. And it's quite a nice little, like, it's quite a nice little, like, group that you get going on. Like, you play teams that you've been playing since you were 15 and you get to know the lads and it's quite nice. Yeah. As much as you beat them, it's, just, it's nice to speak to them that after. 
I think that's similar to even when um even when you're kids, when you play the same junior teams, you, you remember the opposition. I remember when I was a kid, we used to play a team called Durrington and we knew we always looked forward to that game because the centre forward would cry if 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 it, <laughs> if it didn't go his way, and we just used to love just you know we didn't care if we lose five 0 as long as that kid didn't score. Because <laughs> and you just right, <laughs> and you just sort of take it from there. So what this? I mean, scholarships are a lot different to what you were you experienced before. What what was again? What was the philosophy of Southend in this stage? Because this is where you are trying to become a professional footballer. You yeah. you've gone so far. So many young players. This is the end point as well for their for their hopes in the professional game. Yeah. What what did you learn, and what what were they all about at Southend? I mean, it was just the main thing was to enjoy yourself. Um, we play good football, or we try to play good football. Um, and it was obviously winning was was a big thing um, as well for the two years that you're a scholar. Like the FA Youth Cup's a massive thing when you're that age, and it's it's the, that make or breaks a season. Um, if you go out in the first round, you kind of kind of not nothing to look forward to, but it kind of it kills it a little bit um, unless you're gonna unless you're doing well in the league and you know you can push on and and try and win the uh, merit league. Yeah. That's when you know. But um, the philosophy was have fun, play football, and just try and win. That was really it. That was, it was quite simple. Um, but they they had a good setup as well. Ricky um, Ricky Duncan, he knows what he's doing down there. What is he doing down there? Producing a lot of players. That's what he's doing. He's producing a lot of players. Um, he's a uh, He's a scary man. Outside of football, obviously now we've got I speak to Ricky on a like a friendly basis. Um, not as a as like the head of academy, I can speak to him on a friendly basis. But when he's in that office and you've done something wrong, he's a very scary man, shall I say? <laughs> <laughs> so um, let, let, let's see if we can find out what you did wrong. So are we talking just in performance or just mucking about? Oh, everything. Making sort of noise in the changing rooms, just performances, everything. If you was in trouble, you didn't want to hear Ricky Duncan come into the come into the changing room and say, "I need you in my office." That's not what you needed. <laughs> and I mean, this is this is where sort of we start drifting towards Swindon Town territory, isn't it? Because I mean, I mean, this is sounding really good. This is sounding that like you're you're happy and you're you're in your scholarship. But I mean, are you pro at any point with Southend? Uh, yeah, they gave me a two and a half year pro yeah two and a half year pro um halfway through my second year scholar um i remember he called me into the office and uh, ricky was in there my manager at the time dave hussey was in there kev mayer was in there who was the 23s coach and they were all in there and the only time i've ever seen that is when people get in serious trouble so i've gone in there thinking, oh my god what have i done um and he was like, no, relax. And then they were saying how well I've been playing uh, that year. Um, I've been playing a lot of 23s and that they want to offer me a pro. And then he handed me over. I said, congratulations. And I was kind of a bit shell-shocked. Went outside, called mum and dad. They thought I was on a wind-up um, at first. And I was like, no, no, I'm being serious. And uh, obviously it was, a, it was a good time. It was around uh, it was around like February, March time. It was snowing when I had to sign it and come in and take pictures and whatnot. And no, it was a good time. I was a pro there. 
that Christmas, there was a bit of interest from other clubs. I don't really know who. I didn't really get involved again. Um, and then the following Christmas in the January, which I moved to Swindon. So is this is this Chris Powell time or? Uh, it was Phil Brown. Yeah. Then then Chris Powell. Yeah. yeah. Chris Powell time. Yeah. When he when he took over. And did you have much interaction with the first team at Southend? Um, I trained a couple of times with Phil Brown. He had me training a few times. I think he liked me, but then Chris Powell came in, and I, I didn't really see too much of the first team. Um, I trained a couple of times, but I didn't. I wasn't really getting a sniff. Um, and then obviously Swindon came in, and I thought, yeah, no brainer. Yeah, that, that that strikes me as odd, regardless of who you join, because I mean, I, I'm always interested with how clubs sort of deal with the integration of under 18s with the first team some are really involved and they're around all the time and some you know you you can barely look at them but yeah it's just really odd isn't it it is quite strange obviously at south end they have a they have a 23 so through my second year scholar i was playing pretty much every 23s game and i think that's why i got given the pro because i was i was doing so well because i was not only playing but i was playing quite well um for 23s and then, yeah, I just didn't really get a look in after that. After playing with the 23s, didn't really get anything around the first team. But um, when, when Ricky sat me down and said that Swindon have come in with an offer, I spoke to him and I was just, I was just excited. I just felt right to, to move. A little bit of space for Frank McAvenny. Away from Parker. Not from Bruce, though. Nyholt with a shot, took a deflection, he did! Luke Nyholt has equalised for Swindon Town. And bottom of the table they may be, but they are made of stern stuff. You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. So January 2019, you joined Swindon. It was a bit of an out-of-the-blue signature um as far as the fans were concerned um we you know you don't really know about development players when they but they did announce it they did give you the full coverage um how did the move come about I remember i was driving on my way to go into training it was just another it was just a friday to me going in um thought i was gonna train and then coming i was 23 uh yeah i was 23 at the time so i thought i was coming in um come in, train, go home, come in Saturday and train. But I was driving in, my dad called me up and was like, um, oh, Ricky wants you to go and just go and speak to him in his office when you get in. And again, I was like, oh no, what have I done? And he was like, I don't know. Um, I've just been told to ask you. I was like, okay. So I went in there, tried to make him laugh. He didn't laugh just to see if I was in trouble and he didn't laugh. So I thought, I'm definitely in trouble here. Um, and he sat down he went, oh, your dad will be here in a minute. And then I started panicking. Asking, oh God. Um, and then uh, he just said, no, no, breathe. He said, it's all right. Um, had a tea and whatever. My dad come in. He said, look, we've, uh, we've had an offer from Swindon. Um, we're going to accept it. It's now up to you whether you want to go up there, have a look, and then decide whether you want to sign or not. Um, so obviously I come away, called my agent up, um, he then got on the phone, done whatever he had to do, and by the Sunday night, it was done and dusted. I was going up there to sign on the Monday. Yeah, I mean, they they couldn't be super keen or active to tr- active in trying to sell you because you had 
gone out on loan the same month, yeah. haven't you, to uh, to Braintree? Yeah, I was at Braintree. That was um, that was a funny spell. That that was that was my first real time in a in a men's changing room, and it was it was scary. It was a bit scary. Men like with tattoos on their face, and that I was thinking, oh god, what is this? Um, <laughs> That was a really that was a really good spell. Um with a manager called Hakan, nutcase, great bloke, but a nut job in the changing room. Um I played a little bit there. I think I played two or three games. I didn't play too much, because um, they were they were struggling at the time. Um so they were trying to obviously play the most they were trying to play their most um experienced players, trying to get them three points. But I did end up having a couple games. Um well, yeah, I was on loan for a couple months, a good couple months I was there for, I think. And then I kind of come about and then went into Braintree and told them that I ain't coming back because I'm off to Swindon. And yeah, then I was up there on a Monday. Wow. I went there on Saturday, yeah. They had a game on a Saturday, I was on the bench. Um, he didn't want to play me any minutes in case I got injured, but he kept me on the bench um, for one last time. And then, and then I was off. Fantastic. Now... When you go and have a look around Swindon and they're doing the sell to you, we don't have a development side. You know, we're not in a league. You know, it's the under-18s or the first team with mm. friendlies added in for good measure when need be. And to be fair, in the Richie Wellens era, there have been plenty of those. Yeah. I mean, is that something that either yourself or your dad, or if you're a, you've got an agent at this point, do you do you talk about that? Because you don't want to... You don't want to sort of stagnate. You don't want to sort of, for want of a better phrase, rot away somewhere. You you want to be playing football. So so was that was that a concern at all when you signed? Not really. No, it was more. It was more of a look to the positives of. Um, they said that I was going to go in and train with the first team every day. Um, might not play, um, depending on where I was at for them. Obviously, I wasn't ready to to play any games that season, which I agree with, I wasn't. Um, I'd come from 23's football and 23's fitness to then going into a League 2 environment, first team. Um, it was completely different, but it was something I was looking forward to, to to going in every day, training with players like Matty Taylor's played in the Prem, the countless games. Um, players like that, that, that will make me better. And, and it did. Um, it was not even having to play any games, I... Uh, I definitely progressed last year from when I left Southend to when the season had ended. Of course, I made my debut right at the end of the season, the last game against Notts County. Um, but yeah, no, they um, it was it was a better move than staying at Southend and playing twenty three football. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. And obviously, this season I've pushed on a bit more. Um, and yeah, no, it was definitely the right thing to do. Because you're playing alongside senior players, it's as simple as that. I, I mean, I someone will tell me the 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 reason for it, but you know, you put someone up against players who have been there, done that, like Matt Taylor, and you're going to learn and you're going to be able to enhance your game, right? Of course, yeah. Even subconsciously, like um, the gaffer and Hunty have, have worked with me in training, pulled me aside, obviously done some extra stuff with me, which has helped. But apart from that, even just the to being like around the environment in the changing room out on the pitch every day, it kind of shows you from a young age. I think I was still eighteen at the time. Um, what it takes to to play. Mm. Yeah. 
when you arrive, Swindon at the tail end of you know a reasonably disappointing season, but the majority of that tail end when you arrive is pretty good to be fair because they brought in Kyle Bennett, they brought in Theo Robinson, and that sort of meant that we didn't drop down the table further than we would have liked to. Um, and then, as you mentioned there, you, you're not even on the bench before the final game of the season against Notts County, and you and Cameron McGilp uh, are brought in for the final day, which is, isn't a rare thing, is it? It's something that, that managers do like to do. Um, when did you find out that you were in the match day squad for it? Um, the day before. The day before, there were, it was a bit like a bit up in the air, and then it was kind of solidified when I come in Saturday, um, when we'd when we'd um, come in and seen it on the ball. That's obviously when I knew properly. I was never like told officially, but um, the way everything was was working up, I was in the squad. I'd been in the match day squad for about a month before that. My first game first away game was um, Berry. That was my first away game uh, going up the lads, which I think was about a month before the end of the season. And I was in the squad every week before that, just not getting on the bench, just missing out. But it was good to, to be in around that even more. And then on the Saturday when I went in, I saw my name, I saw my, my shirt hanging up in the little little bit where we sit. And um, oh yeah, I was just, just buzzing. Well, that Berry game was very good, wasn't it? That was that was yeah, it's a very good game to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is something that that is huge for young footballers. Seeing that shirt hung up with your number, which you know, I'm sure you don't forget for the rest of your your days. You know, the moment that you uh, that you you can see it's it's beginning to happen. All those years and work and you know not being able to do stuff that other sort of teenagers can do because you're trying to make it in a in a very difficult industry that football is and you do get on sure it's very late on but how how much of a relief and how much pride do you have when that moment happens when finally you're you're on the pitch in in the professional game it's kind of you're nervous all game, waiting for the gaffer to say, go on, go warm up. It's, so, it's nervous, but as soon as you put your shin pads on and you kind of stand at the line and and um, the player comes off and you go on, you kind of just switch off and go into game mode. But it's, it's a nerve-wracking feeling whilst you're, you're watching it on the bench for the first time, thinking I could come on at any minute. But at the same time, there's just so much joy and, and happiness that comes with it. Um, I remember seeing my, first, my shirt for the first time hanging up um, like every single teenager does or, or young adult, take a picture of it. Um, took a picture of it straight away, um, sent it to my friends, and obviously they're all buzzing for you. Um, yeah, there's, there's not many there's not many feelings like it, to be honest. Yeah, I bet. I wouldn't know. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think any other fixture, and you, you would have probably played either more or even started but because Notts County were really needing a win Richie Wellens pretty much had to go as strong as he could I think that's fair to say isn't it yeah no it was um just the the atmosphere of that game was unbelievable it was unbelievable like seeing the whole of that 
I'm not sure what that stands called behind the goal because it never gets bank, that never gets used, but obviously that was full. Um, the away end was full. Like it was just mad seeing all the fans, and obviously it was it was quite a scary feeling to have to defend that end yeah. in the dying minutes when they nearly got a goal. Of um, I think my mum or my friend that was there at the time videoed the whole game when I was on. There's a bit where they nearly scored right at the back post. If I hadn't been marking him properly, he would have scored. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was. It's almost intimidating while you're watching it and warming up next to them um, for the first time. And then, as I say, you kind of go on and you kind of blank it all out. Um, subconsciously, just blank it out and and just play your game. But when the final whistle went, all the lads were just buzzing for me that I'd made my, my debut. Um, they were all so happy for me. Yeah. What, what is it like at the end of a season in, in a changing room? Because... Is is it kind of like a motivational talk? Like, right, go away for the summer, come back, off your trot. Or is it like a rollicking or a motivational speech? How did Richie Wellens do that? It's more of like um, like a and breathe kind of moment. Like, obviously, you've got... It's a long season. Um, and then, obviously, it matters where you finish. But at that moment in time, it's kind of just like, like you finish, like just just breathe like it's over now um obviously he says what he says um it was he was just talking about the season obviously I weren't there for for half of it and I weren't involved for a bit of the time that I was there um so he was just talking about what had what had happened in the season um but overall it's more it's kind of like a there's no need to bollock anyone there's no need to to have a go at people it's kind of they have, we have individual meetings at the end of the season. I think, obviously, he goes into more detail um, with, the individ- with the individual player that he speaks to then. Um, but, yeah, no, he kind of just says, like, well done for your efforts. Um, you know, the, just general stuff. Yeah. And, of course, this is these are meetings where people will find out if they're going to be kept on, I imagine, as well. Yeah. Which, which for you, wasn't as much of an issue because you just signed a two-and-a-half-year <laughs> deal. But what, what did Richie Wellen say to you before you went away that summer? Um, he just said to me that um, you need to come back a bit fitter. I still want the level of fitness that I had to be. Um, you need to come back fitter. He said, um, we want to start pushing you and breaking you into the team a bit more this year. Um, like It's like we've got a plan for you for the time that you're here. Like We want to build you into a player that we want to play every week when you get older. So we need you to... He said, we're going to do everything we can to help you. You just need to do everything you can to help yourself as well. Um, just, just you know, just general stuff like that. Um, so I went away, come back a lot fitter than I was. Still probably wasn't fit enough at the start, but obviously that's what pre-season's for. Um, and yeah, no, he stuck to his word. I stuck to my word saying that I'd come back fitter and come back and, and pushed on a bit more. When somebody tells you you need to get fitter and you're a pro, do you say, excuse me, or do you go, okay, fair enough, or do you stay quiet and go, well, I think I'm all right, but yeah, okay, I'll work on it? No, I agreed with him. <laughs> I 100% agreed with him. I did need to get fitter. Um, I still weren't at the level of fitness that I had to be at the time um, to play League 2 football or even professional football. Um, but I took that on board, went away, worked hard, come back, worked hard throughout pre-season. Um, and now, obviously now, I've 
getting trying to get even fitter to to start hopefully starting and playing some games this year. When it comes to level of fitness, is that do you reckon that's club by club, or you know, do you reckon you you had adequate fitness South End based on what they thought, or did you just let it dip for a little bit? It was more of a it was more of a I had 23's fitness. 23's football compared to obviously first team football is completely different. So I was fit enough to play 90 minutes week in, week out at 23's, but the levels are just, you can't even compare them. You have to be so much fitter. Yeah. Okay, well, you come back for pre-season and you get a nice little, you're on the tour of Spain, which is that your first first senior tour, isn't it? How did you find it? Unreal. I loved every minute of it. Um, it was just, it was great. I, I spoke to the gaffer about it before. I said it was just per- it had like, it was the perfect balance between working hard, chill out time, and working hard, um, and like downtime. There was a, it was a good mixture. Obviously, I spoke to other players at other clubs saying when they go on tour, they just get run three sessions a day for a week and they say it's the most awful thing they've ever done but we had a we everyone enjoyed it everyone really enjoyed that tour it was um it was very good i'd love to go back this year obviously i don't think we're going to be able to but it was um it was it was proper good did you have an initiation song i did i had that at bury away last year what was it a uh, beautiful girl sean kingston okay okay Errol. Terrible. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I heard someone say it's the worst I've ever seen. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, make it memorable, right? Exactly. I would make it really good or really bad. <laughs> you don't want to be too good. You don't want to be too yeah. good. Yeah, then you have to start singing on nights out. And exactly, exactly. When you're in pre-season, like you you played in the Supermarine game, um, bef- and 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 you've got like trialists around you. What what is it like when you, those guys turn up? Because they're absolutely desperate for contracts and things like that. And you, I guess you want to help them, don't you? Or, or do you see them as competition? Um, I think if they're in your position, then it's a little bit bit of sweet. You don't want to get beat. You want you want to you want to play well. You want them to play well because it makes you look better, especially at centre half. If your centre half partner's doing well. Nine times out of ten, you're going to look half decent. So you kind of want them to do well. But at the same time, you don't want to do too well. Um, we didn't really have any. I think we only had one centre-half trialist this season. Um, I don't know if he played any games. The rest of them were more um, midfielders and wingers and stuff. So obviously, you try and make them look as good as possible because at the end of the day, it's their careers. And if they're good enough, then you obviously want them to be in your side. Um, but thank God I ain't had to deal with any... <laughs> uh, at the minute centre half was obviously we had me Dion Brody um, Frenchy come in Zeki you can play centre half come in so they didn't try they just got signed so there weren't really any need for any centre half trialist to come in I think I think they were looking at I think he's mostly a right back but they were looking at Greg Halford for a while weren't they he used to play in the Premier League um, yeah. I think he played against Bristol City if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, quite. You graduate from 19th man to perennial unused sub, didn't you, for the for the first half of the season? But that's still progress, isn't it? Progress, yeah, that's exactly it, obviously. I, didn't, I don't really have any 
experience. Obviously, I've got a bit more now. I've played a few games, but um, yeah, I think it was just um, where I've been working hard, um, training well. The gaffer obviously rewarded me for that by putting me on the bench week in, week out. Um, and no, it was it's progress. Every every little bit's progress. So at a young age, that's all you can really ask for. Up until late Jan, is it pretty much every week? Uh, yeah, it was every it was every week until I got concussed in the Plymouth game, which was my first start. Um, it was every week until then, and I got injured. And then when I come back from injury, got my way back on the bench, and then I was back on the bench again every week. How frustrating then is it when you you've waited until? October for your first start because you didn't play in the Chelsea game either um, you finally get that moment and then you get the bang on the head and then you've got to go off early and you're out for about a month aren't you and and you know it's all about patience it's all about waiting for your moment and when it comes that happens uh, it was it was hard at the time I felt like I was playing quite well as well uh, for the 40 four minutes, whatever it was, 43 minutes, I thought I was playing all right. And um, yeah, no, I remember just just getting getting into the physio room and like, fucking getting really upset um, with, with, not, with no one really, not even myself. It was, I was, yeah, I was upset with myself. Obviously, I didn't need to be because it was just one of those things that happens. It was just unfortunate. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was upsetting. And then you kind of, go home that night, sleep it off, whatever, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, right, well, it's over and done with now. It's to test the character. I just got to come back and really just push on again. Yeah, well, I, I, I saw you play in the Bristol Rovers game where you played the full 90 minutes and that was a very... I mean, it was a something and nothing game. Swindon played actually quite well, I thought, but because there was nothing riding on it, neither team really went full beans. I mean, I'm just really happy that you managed to survive those first 20 minutes because they were dropping, <laughs> they were dropping like flies, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm not saying too much about that, but yeah, they. Uh, yeah, we had a few unlucky injuries that day. Unbelievable, so. wasn't it? Yeah, Unbelievable. Poor old Danny Rose and Rob Hunt. Um, yeah. <laughs> struggling it was I'm just relieved that they both made it back for the next game but really tough <laughs> tough yeah. to see wasn't it um, and 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 then there was there was finally I mean I think in terms of your league career you've got a few games on now so you've got was it you've got two or three now and collectively it's all injury time isn't it does, does that does that and I say it with absolute respect. Do you sometimes see to yourself, come on, five minutes? I mean, yeah, there was, I can't remember what game it was. It wasn't, I played about five minutes Boxing Day against uh, Cambridge. Um, I think it was uh, Grimsby I come on against. Yeah. And I was meant to come on about five minutes before. The ball just never went out of play. Oh, man. So I would have got about 10, 15 minutes that game. Um but do you know what I mean, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Um, just have to move forward. I had some games in the cup. Um, had a few injury time, five minutes here and there in the league, and it's just it's just one of those things. The ball didn't go out of play. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I talk as as somebody who who thinks about things that just aren't relevant. And when say Keshi gets his hat trick against Cambridge, there's still you know just under half hour left. You know, in my you know 
huge experience playing football manager. That's where you start bringing on the the subs, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I was um, I was a bit ill actually um, over Christmas. Um, I was really ill Christmas Day. I was still feeling a bit ropey on Boxing Day, but um, I, I wish obviously I got a few more minutes. But I come on and I say I played well. I didn't really do my head the ball once and made about 10, 15 passes. We just kept it around the back. So there weren't really too much to do defending-wise. Um, but I'm kind of glad, just in case I'd come on for a bit longer and I started feeling a bit ill. I'm kind of glad that's how long I played. Yeah. I mean, Wellens knows his players and that makes it harder for people like yourself and Cameron McGill to, to break in and some of the first-year pros as well. Luke Haynes is impressed enough to stick around, but the others, unfortunately, didn't. And Archie Matthews as well, of course, yeah, but ultimately, what we don't see as as fans, we see the seven forty five kickoffs and the three pm kickoffs. We don't see the contributions you guys make in training and to make these guys well to keep them on their toes. So you know, sure, two or three appearances in the league, but you're a part of it, aren't you? And I was talking to Cameron, and Cameron was saying that there's no clicks here. There's no cliques in, in this changing room. You're all involved and you're all, you know, very much enjoying it. Yeah, there, yeah there's no clicks, no nothing. They, um, it was just one big family this year. Um, last year, there was a couple of clicks. Um, obviously, I didn't really, don't really know too much about that. I obviously, can't really talk too much because I weren't really there that long. Um, but from last year to this year, looking at it, it is just one big group. Um, and no, it's been... It's been, I've enjoyed every minute of this season, every minute of it. I've enjoyed waking up, going to training and just seeing the lads. Because, you know, from the minute you get in to the minute you leave, you're not going to stop laughing. Because <laughs> there's always something funny or saying something funny. And if you go in and you're a bit down, everyone's there to cheer you back up. Who who are the, the major characters in that changing room? But Jerry. I, you know what? I can't really point fingers, to be fair, because everyone, everyone has their their special way about them almost like you've got like you got people that are funny and caring or people just funny like it's just it's just everything that you need in there obviously you've got the loud ones like Gary Granty a big it's a big character um but honestly most of them are big characters um in there and it's it's enjoyable as a, as a youngster being on the bench every week and and training with them they really everyone really took me under their wing and and took me in and like there's no don't feel like no age divide obviously you've got some older pros that look down at younger pros and and kind of let them know what they are but there's none of that here everyone is just equal a lot of everyone's equal when it comes to things like that yeah fair enough and i mean i saw the footage from from glasgow at christmas and it seems that you all get along swimmingly yeah <laughs> yeah we did that was very fun that was a very fun weekend yeah, no trouble. Everyone just gets on so well. Obviously, I'm hoping that everyone can come back next season and, and we keep the same squad. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that because times are uncertain generally. You know, football, no football. And the thing is, Swindon, as we as we know, we've just been, you know, made champions of League Two. It's not in the way that we would have liked it. We'll take it. Um, I, I can't proclaim to be bouncing around. It doesn't feel like a championship 
win. It feels like we've been just given it to to end the season. That's fine. We've not won many titles in our history, so we take what we can. How does it feel for you guys? What's the mood within the camp? Are we are we like sod it. Let's enjoy this, or are people like a bit bittersweet. No, everyone's everyone's enjoying it. Um, obviously, we on points were the best team in the league, and I think the way we played, we were the best team in the league. Obviously, there's a bit of uncertainty with contracts, but no one's really focused on that. Obviously, the, ind- the individuals that are involved are thinking about it, but as a team, no one's really coming across like that. Everyone's happy. In the group chat yesterday, it was all buzzing when the season ended and there was rumours that we was going to go up regardless and go up as champions. We had a Zoom call and had a little party on Zoom call. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of... Everyone's happy. Everyone's really happy that we've gone up and, and as champions as well, it's well-deserved. So no one's um, no one's feeling down. Not from what I can see, no one's feeling too down. Everyone's happy and, and bubbling about it and looking forward to getting back into it and, and starting the next season. Yeah, and of course, when I say down on it, I mean like just the, the, the bittersweet feeling that they didn't get that moment in front of, you know, 12, 14,000 fans and get to do the uh, the trophy lift the way it should be done and, and get medals and yet yeah, and things like that. It's all going to be done a little bit differently. But your stats and your 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 honours and your history will say winner. Yeah, nice. No, obviously, it's a bit gutting that we don't get like, obviously, maybe the open top bus and, open, and, and lift the trophy in front of all the fans. It's, um, it's a bit annoying because um, obviously when you're, champions that's that make that completes it um but i think you just can't get too hung up on that and and try and push again and get another one hopefully yeah. and do it properly next season we don't even know when the new season will begin you guys you know probably won't get your usual holidays it will be just this until it's time to go back what 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 plans do they have for you for pre-season um i'm not too sure at the minute um, there's no set date on when we're going back um so everyone's just keeping fit and waiting for the the date to come through everyone's kept fit over lockdown um yeah there's there's no real set date on what's going to happen over the next few months in pre-season so you just got to kind of keep fit and come back in and then expect the unexpected i think wow yeah i mean quite i mean it's just good that you Rob and Jerry are going to sort of do a bunch of, you know, lung-busting runs over the next few days and kick a ball about, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've been training over in Tottenham um, with a coach called Joe, um, one-on-one stuff. Um, so I think Jerry Jerry's going to come with me for the next couple of days and then he's going to go back. Oh, man, I was on. joking. No, no, I was training. Um, pros, man. Congrats. Well, fair play. Yeah. Oh, we got to be training. <laughs> Never know we're going to come back. Just got us down form. Obviously, it's about the same. It's about the sort of time now that you've got to look towards the next season and say, "Look, I need to start getting fit again." I've had a couple of weeks where I've still been a bit training, but I've had a few beers and and whatnot. But now it's back on to to training properly and and getting fit again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what are your what's it's difficult for you, isn't it? Now because we're up a level. Centre back is a difficult position to break into at senior football. I think it's probably all just as difficult as each other. But you know there is something that, especially fans, they want experience at centre back, a bit like goalkeeper as well. You're now 
into your final year at Swindon contract wise what will you be looking to do I just want to come back um, and just try and play obviously I'll be 20 uh, when the season starts so I'll be looking to come in and and really push the, obviously I'm not going to be starting off the bat so just come in push the centre halves to to when there is an injury or whatever the gaffer can look to me and go right we're going to play him that's that's my aim um, and stay at Swindon that's, that's, that's what I want to do at the minute and and push on and really get some experience. And how important is Richie Wellens in all this and his coaching staff? Oh, massively. The way Richie and um, obviously Gaffer and and um, Hunty have helped me um, since I've since I've joined has been massive to my career. They've they've changed me as a player completely. Um, obviously, Tommy's come in this season. Um, him helping me as well. I think the three of them have really, really pushed me on this year. Um, completely different level to what I was last season when I joined. Yeah, and what do they do to to enhance your game? Um, they'll have little meetings. Might sit down in their their office and have a little chat about what I can do in different situations. Or they'll pull me on the training pitch, do some one on ones. Or if I do something in training, they'll pull me out and say, "Don't do this. This is why. Show me why." I don't get it, ask questions, and they answer it. They've got a lot of time for me. They've got a lot of time for everyone, but I'm just talking my point of view. They've, it seems like they've got a lot of time for me. They can do great things here, can't they? They really can. I think that if we can push on with the same level of team that we had this year, I think that there's no reason why we can't be in and around it again for for playoffs or whatnot next season. Hello, I'm Stephen Bender, and you're listening to the Loaf Stranger podcast. Okay, well, well, we'll start to close now with with the usual sort of questions that I receive here. So, usually do this one at the start, but I've, I forgot to mention we need to know what what's been on Netflix, Disney Plus, Prime, whatever you use. What have you been watching during this lockdown? Oh, what have I been watching? Uh, watched Gangs of London on Sky. That was that was really good and violent, very violent. Um, also, what I've watched, I think I've completed Netflix, to be honest. I've watched, I think, most things. Every time they drop a new film, I just watch it, regardless whether I think it's going to be good or not. I just watch it. How many How many a day do you get through? Oh, you know what? Not that many, to be honest. I um, just go out and train in the morning, and I come back, and I've got to do what I've got to do. By then, a bit of PlayStation, I get in bed and fall asleep watching telly. But when I do get to watch it, I probably, probably I reckon I watch about... Three films a week. No, that's two. not too bad. You know, I think I probably do more than that. And uh, <laughs> and what are you playing on PlayStation? Um, bit of everything. Bit of Warzone. Mm-hmm. Uh, bit of NBA. Bit of FIFA. And then recently, um, I uh, my mate got me onto Fortnite. I was addicted to Fortnite for a good good three weeks, but I kind of kind of haven't really played it. I've only just kind of gone back on there the last couple of days but I'm enjoying it again I think it was just getting a bit too boring so I've gone back on there and and loaded up the games and started playing again yeah what what other stuff are you into because I never really asked this about footballers we all just assume they're football 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 but you know you guys have got interests elsewhere surely uh <laughs> not much, not really <laughs> showed you up there didn't I yeah good time but only a bit of football then PlayStation I've got a pool table here so I play a bit of pool my dad um, occasionally but 
Yeah, not really too much. If I'm not training or playing PlayStation, I'm either watching telly or sleeping. Sure. Um, what's your favourite cheese? Favourite cheese? Um, blue cheese. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, who would be in your Swindon Town five-a-side team? Current players. Yes, we'll go current, including wow. loan players who have just gone. Okay, five-a-side. Is that including myself or not? <laughs> you can include yourself if you want to. I'd go... Obviously, Bender in goal. He's had a very good season. Bender, I'd go Dion, if that counts, because he's injured. But yeah, it's fine. They're all fully fit in this world. Okay, Dion. Um, and then who would I go? I'd go Jerry, Izzy, Doyler. There we go. Good stuff. And if the entire Swindon Town squad was to be in a Royal Rumble, <laughs> who would be the last two standing and who would win? Four. Um, last two, Granty and such a difficult Kane. <laughs> I think Kane would win. <laughs> hey, the last person who was asked that question said exactly the same thing. They said that Kane would win. So, yeah. you know. I think Kane would win that one. <laughs> well, Taylor, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Thank you very much. You too, mate. Thank you for having me. The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Come on, boys. It's a grand old team to play for. It's a grand old team to see. Castle say, what the hell do we care?